In this video, you are going to learn what it means in Abraham and Isaac's story in Genesis chapter 22, what the intent God had in this scripture. Because many people think of this little boy and, I, and Abraham take, going up a mountain and taking the knife like he's about to plunge it and the angel's like, oh, stop it, Abraham. That's not it, guys. I promise you that in this video, you're going to see what the Bible really intended, because it's a picture of something that would happen around 2000 years later on the same mountain, because Mount Moriah is the same mountain in Jerusalem where Jesus was on the cross as the ultimate sacrifice. So it's the first mention of love in, in this chapter and first mention of love in the Bible, first place you see it, which is very important. It's always important to God when he does that. He's, he's illustrating something very important to us. And also, Isaac had a miraculous birth, right? He was the son of the promise, and he was also an image of the spirit, a son of the spirit, whereas Ishmael was the son of the flesh. He represented the flesh, and he was birthed from sin but not Isaac. Isaac was the son of promise. He was promised for 20 years and they waited 20 years and then he was finally born. And then in this chapter, you're going to see that God says, take your son, your, your only son. Was Isaac his only son? No. Abraham had Ishmael too, but God was showing us something. He was showing us something very powerful in this script, in this chapter. So, so this is just amazing stuff. And, um, my name is George Crabb, by the way, and we're going through a series called Road to Emmaus, and we're finding places in the Old Testament. Uh, if you're Jewish, it's in your scriptures, in the Tanuk, uh, and we're now in the Torah, which are the first five books of the Bible written by Moses. We're in Genesis, and that's the book of beginnings, as you know, and we're going to look at Abraham and Isaac. So this is so good, you guys. Um, you know, to Isaac... Uh, to his father, you know, so we're seeing a father and a son going up this mountain. And um, what you're seeing is Isaac was obedient to the point of death. Okay. And Jesus, we know Jesus was obedient to the point of death as well. Right. And we also know that this mountain as mentioned, this Mount Moriah is the same place where Jesus gets crucified later. And it means the actual meaning of Moriah is foreseen by Yahweh, by the Lord. He's foreseeing this. And it's just, uh, it's so good, you guys. Um, let's just dive in right now. Let's, let's look at some of the scripture. And, uh, oh yeah, first we're going to look at our timeline. We like to do that first, right? So in this timeline, you can see right down here, uh, Abraham and Isaac, this story took place right after that, that episode that we just did on Melchizedek, where Abraham defeated these enemies and, um, rescued his cousin Lot. And, uh, then he has this visitation of this mysterious person. Melchizedek was a total picture of Jesus Christ as well as, as he was the high priest and Hebrews in the new Testament tells us how we can see him as a picture of Jesus Christ. So this is where we're at. You know, we're, we're uh, right here and it's, um, it's around 2000, maybe 2300 years, um, before Christ BC. And, um, it's just good to go through our timeline so we can see where we're at. All right, let's look at the scripture now. So Genesis chapter 22, verse one says, after these things, God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. 
And then verse two, he says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, first mention of love in the Bible, and go to the land of Moriah, that's where Jerusalem is today, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. Oh my goodness. So that word in the Hebrew, offer him, and offer him there as a burnt offering, that word offer is elah in Hebrew, which means to lift up. Remember the, the serpent, uh, the bronze serpent on the pole, on the pole with Moses was lifted up, and those who, who put their eyes on it were healed of their venomous snake bites, which is a picture of sin. And that serpent was also a picture of sin. And Jesus said himself, he said, I will be lifted up. Just as uh, Moses lifted up the serpent in the, in the wilderness, I will be lifted up, he said. So with this all points to Jesus, you guys, as the Messiah. So it's just amazing to me uh, how we're seeing the, these pictures, just how it all comes together. It's all woven together like a tapestry. Like God made this story as a long tapestry, and it's all showing a story of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Christ means Messiah in the Greek. We've talked about that before. So this is so good, you guys. So let's look at, uh, let's go ahead and look at verse three now. All right. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the, and went to the place which God had told him. So here we go, you guys. We're seeing a donkey, right? Jesus rode in on a donkey down the Mount of Olives in fulfillment of a, a scripture in Zechariah, by the way, down the, the Mount of Olives through the East Gate and into the temple of Jerusalem, into the temple area on that donkey. And people were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we're seeing that uh, he was on the donkey and we're seeing that in this story. So there's pictures that God threw in this tapestry, this, this painting to show us what's going to happen around 2000 years later. And, and then also he took the two young men with him, right? So he took the two men with him. Did not Jesus go to that same mountain? He was on the cross with two, one on each side of him, right? So there's so many pictures woven into this story, you guys. All right, let's look at verse four. And the third day, and on the third day, excuse me, day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. So now we're seeing the third day. There's so much in this, you guys. Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day. So there's so much to these scriptures. This is great. All right, now let's look at verse five. Then Abraham said to his young men, he said, he said, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy. Now it's not really boy. It's actually young men and most, uh, or young man, and most uh, scholars believe that that refers to a man in his 30s, in his early 30s, and Jesus was in his early 30s. So don't have that picture of that little boy, like a lot of those really lame pictures of Abraham and this little boy Isaac, and he's going up because God tells him to kill him. That's not the story, you guys. It's about showing what happens 2,000 years later with Jesus. 
So says, uh, and I and the boy will go, or the young man will go there and worship and come again to you. So, so God tells him to go sacrifice your son. But Abraham says, I and the young man will come back. Isaac and I will be back and, and, and come to you again. Right? So Jesus said he would come back. He would be resurrected from the dead. Oh my, there's so much in this, you guys. And then verse six, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took his hand, he took in his hand the fire and the knife. And so they went both of them together. So they're going up this mountain, the very mountain of Jerusalem, Abraham, the father. So we're seeing a father and the son going up this mountain and the father has a knife in his hand and he has the fire in his hand, the torch, which is a, a picture of God's wrath. And it must've been dark for him to have that torch in his hand. Who knows? But we know that when Jesus was on that cross, it was dark. There was darkness and he was separated from his father. I believe during that time, and it was the most horrible thing because he was always with the Father before that. And that's what Jesus, I believe, feared the most was to be separated out of, out of fellowship with his Father as he had to turn his back on Jesus. Because in the Bible, in Hebrews, it says that Jesus became sin. Um, he became sin who knew no sin. I think it's in Corinthians, actually. You can look that up. But it's just so good that we're seeing this huge picture of the cross in this story, you guys. So they went, both of them together. So when Jesus was carrying that cross and going up the same mountain, I believe the father was there with him during that. Now there was a moment where I believe the father did turn his back on him for a while, but then I believe he was right back with him and they're in fellowship now, as we know you guys. All right. So verse seven, Verse seven, and Isaac said to his father, Abraham, to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? In verse eight, Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. Now, the King James Version, I believe, has that better. It says, God will provide himself the lamb for the burnt offering. Because we know that God himself, Jesus, God the Son, came down. He provided himself as the lamb of God, the ultimate sacrifice to pay for all of the sins of the entire world, you guys. Oh my, this is so good. We're seeing this. Two, uh, this is written 2,000 years, or this, is, this happened 2,000 years before Jesus was even born. This is so amazing, you guys. I love these scriptures. I love going through the Old Testament and finding where Jesus is. It's just exciting. It's like treasure hunting. All right, so verse 9. Then they came to the place which God had told him, and Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Now just visualize this, you guys. 
Jesus was carrying the wood up the mountain, his cross. Isaac was carrying the wood up the mountain. Then it says here in this verse that, that Isaac, he laid his son on the wood. Jesus had to lay down on that cross as, as they nailed, the Romans nailed, bore through his hands and his feet, nailing him to the cross. So, and then they lifted him up and he hung there on that cross. So we're seeing what happened with Jesus, you guys. And if Jesus wanted to, he could have just went, and they were all dead. All the Roman soldiers, all the people who were against him, dead. But he didn't do that because he loved them. He even loved the Roman soldiers who were doing it. He loved all the Jewish people who were mocking him and hated him, who rejected him. Remember, Joseph loved his brothers, even though they rejected him too. So there's a picture in both of those stories, you guys. So good. And by the way, I've been getting these uh, comments from some, you know, my, my videos go to Israel. I advertise them there. Uh, to reach some of the Jewish people because I know that these scriptures will speak to them. And if you're Jewish and you're in Israel, I know you're going to love these videos as you find out who your true Messiah is. But I've been getting a lot of these comments from, I believe there are a lot of uh, Palestinians living in, in Israel or maybe some other uh, Muslims, and they're giving me some hate comments. But I don't care. I'm not afraid of them, you guys. I'm not afraid of them. I fear God, okay? I don't fear men. And if they're going to comment like that, and, you know, most of it is like hatred towards the Jewish people. And they're trying to, they're like telling me, well, they, you know, they crucified your Lord. They crucified your Jesus. What? It's like, do you guys, have you guys read the Bible? You know, you're just saying things you don't even know. Jesus came as the ultimate sacrifice for you. If you're listening. Yes, you Muslim. He came for you too. And he wants to save you just like he wants to save his Jewish brethren and sisters. He wants to save them too. And save, he saved me. And you need to be born again. You need to find out who he is if you want to live forever. Because no other religion is going to get you there. You're, you can believe whatever you want. But when you die, you better have Jesus or you're going to hell. I mean, Muhammad is in the grave. Okay? Buddha is in the grave. Gandhi's in the grave. All these guys are in the grave. Jesus is not in the grave. He is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And you're going to have to answer to him someday after you die or he comes back. And what do you want to do? Do you, do you want to live forever with him in paradise? I mean, where will you be in eternity? Will you, where will you be forever? Do you want to be in heaven with him who loves you? The ultimate love. He has the greatest love out of anybody ever. It's God's love. You're going to have an a, a opportunity to receive Christ at the end of this video, if that's you. If you feel convicted in your heart and you want to receive Jesus Christ and live forever in eternity to be in heaven, not hell. You're going to have that opportunity later, my friend. So let's keep going through these verses. All right. So verse 10, then Abraham reached out his hand and he took the knife to slaughter his son. So Abraham had the torch, which is a picture of God's wrath. He had the knife. Remember Jesus, when he was on the cross, he was pierced on his side. 
So that I believe that this knife is a picture of that spear of how Jesus was pierced on his side. All right, then let's check out verse 11. Verse 11. But the angel of the Lord, and that's all capitals, which a lot of scholars believe when you see the all capitals like that, that it's speaking of Jesus, um, pre-incarnate Jesus. I don't know that for sure, but it says, and an angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And then he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or the young man or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. He wouldn't withhold his only son, his son of promise. And God didn't withhold his son. So God stopped him from doing it. He didn't do it, okay? But God when Jesus was on the cross, went through the, he went through everything. He died. He shed his blood. He was separated from his father. He, he dealt with all of our sin, which we can't even imagine what that was for him yet. And he actually went through it. He did die a torturous death. And, you know, it's, it's just amazing to me how much God loves us. I mean, I would never offer up one of my boys. And if you're a father, you understand what I'm talking about. You would never give up your son to be tortured and, and killed for people who didn't even deserve it, who mocked him, you know, betrayed him and, and um, forsook him and ran away. And, and those are just his best. The best guys all ran away. They were scattered. But those around the cross were mocking and shaking their heads and uh, they were punching him before that and and just treating him horribly. And then the father who loves him so much saw past that and still wanted to go through with this because it hurt the father. I can't imagine seeing my son go through all of that. I would rather do it. So the father was was, I believe, was hurt deeply by this too, but he saw the long-term that we, that I would be saved, that you would be saved if you choose to follow him and receive him, that we would be saved because of this ultimate sacrifice, this ultimate rescue mission is what we're seeing here. Oh my goodness, so good, you guys. All right, so let's go to verse 13 and see what that says. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and he looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its, by his horns. And Abraham went and he took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. This is very interesting to me, you guys, because first of all, it's a substitution, right? We're seeing a ram, which is a type of a sheep. And Jesus is called the lamb, the lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. That's what John the Baptist called him. And here Abraham sees a ram. First he's told, don't kill your son. Then he sees a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. Jesus had a crown of thorns pushed down on his head. It was as if he was caught in the thicket. And also there's an old Jewish story. 
And many of the Jews of Jesus' time knew this, and that's why Jesus called himself the chief cornerstone. And the story goes like this. So when they built Solomon's temple, they didn't do any work on that temple mount because that was holy ground. They did all their work away in the rock quarry far, far away. And there was guys that were designated on that temple mount to erect the temple, to construct it. But the stones had to be hewn out and, and shaped in, in a different place at a rock quarry, which was a ways away. So when they were ready to build the temple, this rock comes up and delivered to them and, and they saw it, the workers, and they didn't know what it was. It, it, you know, it didn't have any chisel marks on it. It was not hewn with human hands. They saw it and they were like, what's this? So they rejected it. They, they, they story goes, they threw it down the hill. It rolled down the hill a ways and it was caught in the thicket. <laughs> the bushes grew around it and it was caught in a thicket, so to speak. Kind of like that Ram and Abraham's story here, Abraham and Isaac's story. Well, then the rock quarry was sending up these perfectly, you know, rectangled uh, stones, these beautiful stones. And they started building the temple. They built it and it was almost complete. And they said, hey, we were missing the chief cornerstone, right? The, the capstone, the crowning stone, so to speak. And so they sent word back to the rock quarry guys and, and the, uh, you know, the stone, stone quarry guys said, Hey, what do you mean? We, we sent that to you guys first a long time ago. We sent that to you. And they're like, Oh, oh my, that's the stone that we rejected. And they went down into the thicket and they found it caught in the thicket and they pulled it up. And they brought it up to this beautiful temple, Solomon's temple, and they placed that crowning stone, that chief cornerstone where it was supposed to be. And the temple was complete. See how that ties into the story, you guys. And Jesus called himself many times the chief cornerstone, which the builders had rejected. And those in Jerusalem at that time knew exactly what he was talking about. All right. So we read 13. Let's read uh, verse 14. So Abraham called the name of that place. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide or will see. As it is written to this day on the mountain of the Lord, it shall be provided on the mountain of the Lord or he will be seen. Jesus was seen on that mountain, you guys. His cross was up there for all to see and to look upon. All right, let's go down to verse 15. Oops, I went a little past there. So, and the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven. So, so the story kind of shifts here. And he said, by myself, I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son. He says, your only son again, you guys. Wow. And I will surely bless you. Uh, he says, and I will surely bless you. I'm sorry, I missed, I skipped past it here. All right, here we go. And I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gates of their enemies. 
In verse 18, and in your offspring shall the nations of the earth be blessed, blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Abraham obeyed, you guys. And Abraham believed and it was accounted to him as righteousness, the Bible says. He believed. That's all it took. He didn't have to do a bunch of good works. He just simply started out by just simply believing and trusting God. And then verse 19, so Abraham returned his, to his young men, and they arose, and they went together to Beersheba, and Abraham lived at Beersheba. So it's really cool because after this, the story shifts, and Abraham's servant, which is uh, actually his name means helper, goes out and he finds his son Isaac, the son of the promise, the son of the spirit, Isaac, who was a picture of Jesus Christ, and he goes out and he finds him, Rebecca, in a faraway land, his bride. And we know that when Jesus was on that cross, you guys, the spear came and pierced his side. And it says in the Bible that water mixed with blood gushed out. And that speaks of the birthing process, right? Water mixed with blood when there's a birth. And we know that when Adam had it, was in a deep sleep, like a death, so to speak, as he was a picture of Christ as well, and Eve came out of his side, God took Eve out of his side and created her his bride. And we know that Isaac gets a bride after this, and I believe it's a picture of the bride of Christ born from what happened on that mountain called Calvary, which is also called Moriah, you guys. Oh my, this is so, so good. So Abraham and Isaac on this journey, the road to Emmaus, I know Jesus, he must have took those two guys through this story and showed them where he was found in these scriptures. And those men's hearts were beginning to burn within them like a, the warmness of God's love in their chest as they were hearing the scriptures taught by Jesus who was in disguise and he was taking them through all the Tanakh. He was taking them through the books of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms and showing all of the places where he was found. All right, lastly, I wanna say this, that the name Yitzhak in Hebrew, Isaac, it means laughter or he laughs. And did you know that God actually laughs? Oh yeah, God laughs. In Psalm chapter 2, verse 4, it says that God laughs. Let's look that up real quick. All right, so let's see. Psalm 2 and verse 4. Okay, there it is. Psalm 2, verse 4. He who sits in the heavens laughs. And the Lord holds them in derision. So here you're seeing that, um, you know, he's talking about the enemies, uh, God's enemies here. Let's read that in context. It's kind of fun. Why do the nations rage? Don't the nations rage? They noisily assemble, the footnote says, and the people's plot in vain. They do this today. They hate Israel because we know that Israel still belongs to God. And the nations just rage against Israel, our, our modern uh, media, mainstream media, uh, many in the Muslim world, Europe, they just can't stand Israel and it's totally wrong. But 
God likes it when the cards are stacked against him. That's when he rescues his people. So uh, verse 2 in Psalm 2, The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. This is what they're saying to God about God, basically. And then it says that he who sits in the heavens laughs. <laughs> God laughs. And the Lord holds them in derision. And then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrifying them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion. That's speaking of Jesus. On my holy hill. And I will tell of the decree that the Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. So he's speaking of Jesus right there, giving you a little sneak preview of some of the Psalms that we're going to look at where God's actually speaking of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Yeshua, the Messiah, you guys in Israel. All right. So good. Isn't this great, you guys, going through these scriptures and finding the Messiah in all of these scriptures? It's just, there's something about it when you read it, and it just, it seems to come right into my heart, and it gives me joy, and it gives me this warm burning, like a, there's almost like a fire in my heart when we go through these scriptures. So good. Well, hey, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you have never been born again, or perhaps you want to recommit your life to him as well, you may have walked away from him, you may have lived in sin for many years, maybe moved to another country, away from your family, and you know you're just hitting rock bottom right now. Who knows? Maybe this speaks to you, to one of you out there. Uh, maybe you just had a child and you're scared you're a single mom living on your own um, and you need help and you have no more family. Well, God wants to be your family. He wants to help you and he can do it. He can help you. You might be a teenager who's thinking of uh, committing suicide because you feel no hope. Well, right now you're going to gain hope, hope in God, hope in Jesus Christ, the creator of, of the universe of all that we see, everything we see and we don't see. It's, he's in charge of all of it. He created it all, and he wants to rescue you. He already did the hard, heavy lifting, the work on the cross. All you have to do is believe and receive him right now. You can do that. If you would like to do that, you're going to say a prayer to God. It's you praying to God, and you're going to open up your heart and your life to him, to Jesus Christ, and you're going to ask him to be your Lord and Savior. So if you would like to do that, you can pray this prayer right after me. Just repeat the words after me. You're praying to God. Ready? Dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I am sorry for my sin. I turn from my sin. Please help me to do that. And I want to follow you as my Lord and my Savior, Jesus. Thank you for dying for me and shedding your blood for me. And I believe that you raised him from the dead, Father. And I believe in Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior, 
and I want to follow him from this day forward. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, my friend, if you did that, congratulations. All of heaven is rejoicing right now. They rejoice when one sinner turns to God, the Bible says. So great job. <laughs> you, uh, this, is the, this is the best moment of your life. You have changed your address to heaven, my friend. All right, so really excited because our next episode in Road to Emmaus is going to be on my favorite character, Joseph. And I can't wait to get into it. Yosef for you in Israel. And he's a huge, huge picture of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, around 2,000 years before Jesus was even born. All right, you guys, don't forget to uh, hit that subscribe button down below. Uh, right down there and then hit the little bell too. So you'll get all the uh, uh, updates on the next episodes and all that kind of stuff. And um, hey, so awesome. Just love these, love these scriptures. All right, you guys, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you and may the Lord shine his loving face upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. And I'm going to sing that too. I, I know it, I, I have a horrible voice, but let's sing it anyway. <laughs> One of my favorite pastors used to do that. So here we go. Ready? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And be gracious unto you. And be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace.